0: How does it feel to be an outcast in a place where you don't belong? Stick around and find out. I'm Captain OG Readmore, a reading kind of cat. Read a book like me, you'll soon agree that reading is where it's at. Hello guys and welcome back to the Book Militia booktube channel where we are reading The Cruel Prince by Holly Black. Last chapter was chapter 3 and Jude, Taryn, their so-called father Maddox and his wife Oriana had attended the king's court uh, which was a celebration of food and dancing but Jude and Taryn had decided to hide out on the balcony and watched the festivities. But they didn't hide very well because Prince Cardin and his lackeys had spotted them not good. So in chapter four, we let's pick up where we left off. And Jude and Terran had returned from the king's court, a night of partying, and the cool night had blown in through the window. So they had returned at night. They had partied uh, probably all night. Yeah. As we had heard before, that the fairy world is a land of twilight. So they did everything in the cover of night and slept during the day. So I guess they had returned before sunup. And Taryn was in, our Jude was in her room. She had removed her court dress. And dawn would break soon. Jude couldn't get the thought of the the poor boy in the last chapter that Prince Carden had treated so badly and punched and torn his wing and she just couldn't get the little boy out of her mind. Although you know she had seen much worse things since she had been in fairyland it says that fairies cannot lie So they make up for it by deception, cruelties, twisted words, pranks, omissions, riddles, and scandals. So apparently revenge is common also. It doesn't sound like a very nice place to be for the girls. It says Maddox was a red cap and that he needed bloodshed the way a mermaid needs the salt spray of the sea. Now, I'm not sure what a red cap meant when I when I read this, uh, but it said that Matic had dipped his hood in the blood of his enemies, and he had kept the hood under a glass in the armory. It is said that the fabric was stiff and stained, a deep brown, almost black. And Jude had sometimes went down to the armory to look at it, and she had looked at this hood and thought, you know, where is my parents' blood? So because he had been the one that had killed her parents, so if he had dipped his hood in their blood also, you know, what what part of it would it have been? Just kind of trying to grasp for a connection to her parents uh, is what she was doing down there. Jude had uh, imagined herself as a, Fearless night. And then again, she would sometimes imagine herself as a witch who had hid her heart in her little finger, it said, and then chopped it off. So it sounds like she doesn't want to have these sentimental feelings that she has. And it it says that she was so tired that physically, I'm not sure if it meant. Or tired of the situation that she was in. Or just the tired of the stress of being an outcast in this world uh, where she didn't belong. So it just said she was so tired. So it, it says that she had sit near the window listening to the ocean waves. When an owl, owl-like creature had flew up and landed on her windowsill. But it apparently wasn't an owl. Because it said it had the eyes of a knob. Now, I had previously had put a picture up what a knob was, and the owl had looked at her and said, "Tired of what, sweet meat?" So I guess she had actually vocalized these thoughts when she was near the window and said, "I'm so tired." Uh, so the owl had heard this and came up and said, "Tired of what, sweet meat?" And Jude replied, tired of being powerless. So now we kind of get an understanding of not physically tired, but just tired of the situation in general and being an outcast in this in this land where she doesn't belong. The creature uh, had studied her face for a moment and then it had flew off. Jude had went to bed shortly after that. And she had slept the day away, as you know they do in Fairyland. When she woke up, she was a little bit disoriented and had dried spit on her cheek. I guess she had been really physically tired also, in addition to her mentally tired of her situation. Uh, her bath water had already been drawn up for her, and she had removed her clothes and got into the bath. The bathwater had become lukewarm, so uh, she thought that they had been in earlier and had uh, fixed her bath previously, but she had slept through it and the water had already become lukewarm. It said that in Fairyland that it had smelled of verbena, which is I think some kind of flower or crushed pine. dried blood or milkweed, so that we have four things that uh, Fairyland smells like. Jude thought, I smell like uh, underarm sweat and sour breath. She had to constantly scrub herself clean to maintain this good smell like all of the fairies smelled good at all times. I guess they never stunk. So Tatterfell had came into her room, and remember, Tatterfell was this imp that was assigned to her father's household as a kind of a servant and she lit the lamps in Jude's room and told her to get ready for her lectures. So Jude had got ready and she had put on these gray leather boots and a tunic uh, with Maddox, her father's crest, uh, on the shoulder and the crest was a dagger with a crescent moon turned on its side, I guess in the shape of a cup. So it would be like this, I guess. And then there was a single drop of blood uh, which was falling uh, from one corner, I guess, of the moon itself was dripping blood. from, I guess implying that the moon had held blood from the dagger. So that was Maddox crest. Jude went down to have breakfast before her lessons. And her sister Taryn was already there eating some bread. And drinking some nettle tea. Madik said that uh, the... or Matic had insisted that the girls be treated uh, as the other fairy folk were. Uh, he did have this kind of high position in the king's court as, uh, I guess, the, the main general or whatever of the king's army. So he had a lot of pull and he insisted that everybody treat his two mortal daughters... As fairy folk, so it says the girls were giving the given the same lessons, and the changelings had hated us because they were not treated as well as we were, even though that they were fae. So they kind of had maybe a resentment for Jude and Taryn. June liked the lessons, and she was good at answering the questions. uh, Even though some of the teachers, you know, didn't like the girls, so you know they're not liked very well in this place. It's not a very nice place for them. So even when Jude would have the answers, you know, and raise her hand and say, uh, "Give the correct answer," the teacher wouldn't praise them or anything. Would just like like they would do the other fairy folk. They would just say yeah, that's right, you know, and then continue on to to somebody else. So it kind of frustrated her, that also. But she says it had given her power because no one could take her intelligence away from her. It says whether the teachers liked it or not, you know. And Vivi, their older sister, uh, which was Maddox's true daughter, used to take the lessons but became bored with them and she had stopped going, which had made Maddox angry. But remember, anything that makes Maddox angry makes Vivi happy, so she just quit going to the lessons. Uh, but, you know, that had made him rage, and uh, which had made her more determined not to go. So, she had tried to talk us also into it, said Vivi. Had tried to talk her two sisters into not going, but, you know, she was already accepted into this world because she was half half fairy so she didn't need to do anything to be accepted but the the two mortal girls her sisters you know were constantly struggling to fit into this place and to earn their acceptance so it says Taryn and Jude had set off for their lessons uh, and had their lunch baskets with them and they had skirted the edge of two tiny islands so, actually, I guess there were three. There were Ismore, which was the big island. There was the Isle of Stone and in- Insweal, the Isle of Woe. Uh, they were connected by half-submerged rocky pass, in which it says that you could leap from rock to rock to cross them. Uh, Jude had suddenly heard a noise and she had looked over and there was a herd of stags that were swimming to Ismore. I guess the the grass was good over there, so they were swimming over to graze so they had it says they'd walked past the lake of masks and through milkwood mermaids and marrows were sunning themselves near some craggy caves and all of the children were taught by lecturers from all over the kingdom sometimes they took lessons in groves and other times in high towers or trees they studied about constellations in the sky, medicinal and magical properties of herbs, the language of the birds and the flowers, and of the people themselves, how to walk soft-footed over leaves and brambles leaving no trace or sound, how to play harps and lutes and use blades and bows. So a lot of lessons they had to take. Taryn and Jude had watched some other students practicing enchantments, and at break time, they all had played war in a field of green, it says. Now, Matic had trained the girls, and Jude was really good uh, at fighting, and Taryn wasn't bad herself, but she didn't practice anymore, so I guess her skills had kind of dropped off a bit. The summer tournament was in a few days, and a mock war would take place in front of the royal family. Now it seems like this was the time to prove yourself uh, and possibly uh, get acceptance for it might be a chance for Jude to, to earn her uh, acceptance into the fairy world. So I guess maybe she wouldn't have to work so hard to fit in. Uh, if she had done well in the contest, it was possible that one of the prince or princesses could grant them knighthood uh, to one of the contestants and take them into their personal guard. So Jude had longed to be chosen, and, and therefore she had practiced very hard. So Prince Cardin, Locke, Valerian, and Nicasia were already there. Now you remember, this was the mean prince who had hit the little boy uh, for at when at the king's court and. Locke, Valerian, and Icasia were the three lackeys or that kind of hung out around the prince. but we had learned that uh Locke, I don't know if Locke felt sorry for Jude or uh maybe Jude had a crush on Locke, but there was some kind of connection going on there, but it says that they had they when they arrived, that that group were already there and they were talking to some other. Fairy folk around them. So it says that they didn't even look up when Jude and Terran had arrived. Uh, Jude and Terran spread out their blanket on the grass and they got out their notebooks and their pens and uh, to get ready for the lesson. Uh, today's lesson was about the peace treaty between Orla, the Queen of the Undersea, and the various fairy kings and queens of the land. So, apparently there's a lots of kings, queens, princes, and princesses, but the main king is called the High King, I guess, which is the king over everything. King, I think his name was Elder. So, it's said there was a peace treaty between the Queen of the Undersea and the various kings and queens of the land. Nicasia was Orla's daughter. So this is kind of a revelation here. Nicasia, being one of uh, Prince Carden's lackeys, uh, was a princess of the undersea. So this is very interesting. She had been sent to the main kingdom to learn about the, the ways of the high king's court So this was often done, you know, back in king and queen times, marrying off or sending an envoy to kind of get a better understanding of the way they did things. Therefore, they could communicate better and to uh, make deals and stuff better than that. So that was Nicasia's purpose of being here, was to learn the ways of the high king's court. So Nicasia was gloating, of course, because, you know, they were talking about uh, the queen Orla, which was her mom. And she was kind of proud of her heritage. The, the instructor had talked about Lord Roy, of the court of termites next. And this was pretty interesting. The court of termites. I love these names that, that they're giving this and just learning, you know, all about this place where they're living. It's not, it's, it seems to be very chaotic to me. Uh, there's a structure to it, but what you would think of uh, them being a a prince or a princess? They you know they would be held in higher esteem. But it seems like there are so many of them that it's not such a big deal to have prince and princesses around, and they're they have a little bit of respect, but not you know not a lot. I don't know really more how to explain it than that. So it says the students had. Uh, Took in a break for lunch uh, after the speech about Lord Roybin and the Court of the Termites. Jude wasn't interested in that at all, so Hermione kind of wandered uh, mentally going through all of her fighting techniques. So they took a laun- uh, a break for lunch, and Jude and Terrence had unpacked their baskets. And of course, here comes Prince Carden, you know, wanting to start trouble as he does. And he kicked dirt onto their food, uh, Jude's food, you know, specifically, right before she took a bite. So I guess she ate some dirt here. And everybody had laughed, of course. Again, you know, an outsider in this place that she really doesn't belong. And Jude looked up at him, and he's like looking down at her, you know, with this cruel look on his face, which he usually had. And Jude gritted her teeth and thought, you know, if I ignore him, he will soon lose interest. But then here comes a Nicasia and she speaks up and says something uh you know, like, anything the matter? You know, right after he uh Cardin had kicked this dirt onto her food. And She walks up to Cardin and kind of just like drapes her arm over his shoulder. You know, you know, you guys can understand what's going on, you know. These two are kind of just bullying, you know, Jude and making Nicasia herself feel important by coming up and, you know, you look at me, I can just put my arm around the prince, you know, and looking down upon her. So Nicasia says, Dirt is where you come from. And it's where you will return soon. So what's wrong with a little dirt, you know? And, you know, when she said this, it's where you will return to soon. She's referring to their mortality, you know, that that the Jude and Terran are are regular humans and fairy live forever. So uh, that for them, you know, their lifetime is very short. So she's implying, you know, you will die soon. Take a big bite. And Jude said, Make me, you know, before thinking. Uh, Her palms begin to sweat, it says. Uh, I guess she's, you know, she's getting angry. And Cardin said, I could, you know, you know, speaking of make me. And he was grinning. So uh, Jude's heart beat fast. But she had been wearing the necklace of Rowan berries. Now, this was a kind of reference back to when Oriana, their mom, had made sure that they were wearing this because it protected them from, uh, I'm not sure if it was enchantments or sorcery or whatever, but it was some sort of protection from magic for the girls. Uh, So she was making sure, you know, okay, he could make me, but hopefully if she's wearing this Rowan berry necklace, it would protect her from him making her. So said he said he could very well make her think that the dirt was, was a delicacy and eat it and she wouldn't be able to resist. So she had looked over at the lecturer, uh, but the elderly Fuca picture coming up was reading a book and not paying attention to what was going on. Cardin was a prance, and probably no one had ever cautioned him or corrected him, and uh, probably never really even taught him, you know, that he could, he should respect others. So, she didn't know how far he would go, and she also didn't know how far the instructors would let him go. So, you know, she needs to really be careful of how she reacts to Prince Cardin. So, she thought that in the past, she remembers Valerie and Valerian had stolen one of her silver pins, and her father, Matic had replaced it with a ruby-studded pin. Now, this had really made Valerian angry, uh, and it said that it had made him so angry that he had hit her in the back of the head with a wooden sword. Valerian continued on and said, you know, we promise to be nice to you for the rest of the afternoon if you eat all of your lunch, and he smiled you know, that lunch that had dirt all over it. So Judith looked up and met Cardin's glare, and there was nothing that she could do to make them stop. And because, you know, they didn't have any power here. Well, Nicasia pulled out a pen from Jude's hair. Uh, well, I guess a hairpin. What's this? She said. And she looked at it. She said, Did you steal it? Uh, did you think this would make you beautiful like us? And. Jude bit her lip, you know, and didn't answer. But she did think, of course, I want to be like you. Uh, They were as beautiful as blades forged in a divine fire. So apparently the the fairy folk are very beautiful. And it went on, you know, to describe how beautiful they actually were. Uh, But it says that Cardin was the most beautiful of all. And she hated him so much that when she looked at him, she could barely breathe. You will never be our equal, Nicasia said. And Jude said, Of course I won't. And Locke said, Come on, guys, let's lead them to their misery. So, again, you know, Locke maybe kind of protecting her in a way. Uh, Taryn apologized, her sister apologized to them for her sister Jude's behavior. And Cardin said, you can show us how sorry you are by not entering the tournament. Now, I wonder why he's not wanting her to enter the tournament. Is she, Is he scared? I mean, is she that good that he's scared he might lose and be shamed in front of, you know, being beaten by a mortal girl? I guess that would really be a very shameful incident. And again, Jude, you know, speaks before thinking. Afraid I will win? And Carden says, the competition is not for mortals. Withdraw, or you wish you would have. And Taryn speaks up again, you know, on her her sister's behalf. And says, I will talk to her about it. It's just a game. So with that, Carden and his group had walked off. And Taryn, you know, immediately says, what are you doing? Why do you have to, you know... Make them angry like that. Why don't you just be quiet? And Jude says, I know. I was just angry. And Terrence says, you're better off being scared. So they had packed up their ruined lunch. And Jude thought, you know, they want me to be afraid. And during the mock war that they had later on after their lessons, the abuse had continued uh, from this group. And she had went home that day with many bruises. So it says, yes, they frightened me, but I've always been scared since I have arrived here to this place. So I was raised by a man who had murdered my parents and raised in a land of monsters. I live with that fear every day, but I refuse to lie down and let the fear take over me. So this is kind of, you know, this story is very dark. So, you, we, you know, parents got murdered. They got kidnapped, took to this land that they don't belong. She's trying to make the best of it, but just constantly being bullied by probably everybody around her because she's different. Uh, so there's a lot of parallels, you know, we could kind of uh, apply to everyday life. It says, Nicasia was wrong about one thing. I don't want to do well in the tournament. I want to win. I don't want to be their equal. I want to be better. So this is very headstrong Jude. Taryn seems to be, you know, doesn't mind just kind of going with the flow and letting them uh, take all of the uh, praise and credit and glory and everything. She doesn't mind being a minor person in this world. But Jude headstrong. Uh, Is having no part of this so guys that right there will end chapter Let me go back to the top here so many books so many chapters that will end chapter four I want to thank everybody for joining me if you are watching on YouTube Please hit that subscribe button also you can click the little bell icon and it will give you a notification of when I upload new videos if you're listening on the podcast Thank you so much for all of your support. We're up to nine subscribers. We've got a big jump since last video. Very happy about that. I know it's not much, but it's a big deal to me. Uh, You guys could spend your time anywhere else, but you chose to spend it with me, and I highly appreciate that. And with that, we will see you in Chapter 5 of The Cruel Prince by Holly Black. Thank you so much. We are The Book Militia on YouTube, and we will see you on the next video. Take care, guys.